Well, hey everybody, Jonathan Dorr with you once again. Welcome back to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Big shout out to a few people that sent some lovely comments yesterday and a whole new bunch of subscribers have uh, joined the daily list and uh, subscribed to the podcast. So as always, if you're not subscribed to the daily email, and I know you all woke up this morning thinking, you know what I need? I need more email. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we send out a uh, beautiful quote each morning to thousands of Catholic teachers around the world. So if you want to get on that list, just uh, you can email me personally. Just email me, Jonathan, at onecatholicteacher.com. It's O-N-E, onecatholicteacher.com. Or uh, on the website, onecatholicteacher.com, there's tons of sign-up boxes there. So just find any box, pop your details in, and we'll get you this each day. I'm aware that we're all so busy, but it's just a really simple, quick way to get some thoughtful encouragement there's ideas you could probably use with your students but uh so let's jump in today's quote uh came from an interesting article from michael pakaluk 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 who is the professor and chair of philosophy at ave maria university and then interesting being the chair of something you know the chair of philosophy i wonder where that term originally came from anyway It's a really good quote. It's something that I speak about quite frequently. Listen to this. It says, When a society dethrones the true God, it puts a multitude of gods in his place, namely our autonomous selves, each of which claims the authority to define the mystery of the universe. Really quickly, when a society dethrones the true God, it puts a multitude of gods in his place, namely our autonomous selves, each of which claims the authority to define the mystery of the universe. All right, a few quick points. Yesterday's uh, readings at Mass is that great reading, of course, in Acts, where Paul uh, turns up in the Areopagus and begins to speak to the men of Athens. You know, this is the great classical center of learning and wisdom. You know, I mean, for a species that we've been around as Homo sapiens sapiens for 350,000 years, but we've only really, it's, it's very recently that our societies have become so evolved and advanced. You know, we've been hominids for millions of years. But classical Greece only emerged two and a half thousand years ago in, in a sort of multi-million year journey to where we are now. And, and, you know, under the first great philosophers like Thales, and then, of course, we're all familiar with Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. But, you know, Athens was just it's an incredibly important place in world history. So Paul arrives in the Areopagus and, you know, he says to them, he's wandering around and he sees all these uh, these sort of shrines and altars to all these different gods because you know the greeks you know they were smart right they didn't want to upset uh, get more by any god by missing one out so of course they had an altar to the unknown god and in that beautiful reading from acts you have paul basically saying you know men of athens he said i see that you are deeply religious but he points out to them that uh, you know that this unknown God, this altar that they've got, is the one true God. So you see this tension between a society that has this uh, polytheistic view of reality of multiple gods, and Paul brings this unifying principle, this this God of the cosmos who is both so far beyond us, but also intimately personal. And and, uh, that reading in Acts finishes with a great scandal because, you know, they're shocked that that a God could die and be killed and die shamefully. It was just totally beyond their thinking. But of course, some of them were interested. So I mention that because these pagan influences, this, uh, you know, is a great part of our prehistory. 
You know, the religious impulse is just central to the human story, which makes our modern world so particularly crazy because, you know, there's there's a lot of people pretending to be incredibly enlightened as though that we've now transcended uh, faith, religion, and of course, you know, it's, it's something that they're pushing into the distant superstitious past. You just can't do that. It's like trying to lock something in the cellar. You know, eventually it gets out. This deep religious impulse is utterly central to the human story. You know, in Latin, and I say this on stage, if you've ever heard me speak on stage, you know that I talk about capax day. There's a Latin uh, term for what it means to be human, capax day, which means that which has the capacity for God. We are capax day. So the reason I'm mentioning all this is because your work as a Catholic teacher, every day in front of you sits 20, 30, whatever, human persons. What's the truth about these persons? Well, our Catholic faith tells us that each of these young people are made in the image and likeness of God. They carry within them the divine spark, the desire for home and heaven and relationship with the Father, even if they don't know it, even if they don't articulate it. That is our faith. You know, that's the faith that we claim, the faith that we claim we believe in. And and so one of the crucial things we're going to do is help young people move from this vaguely agnostic all the way to militant atheist scientific marxist materialist mentality of reality to offering them the proposition of faith and remember john paul ii always said the church proposes she never imposes it was always a beautiful line that the catholic church proposes she never imposes she proposes christ to the world she offers the beauty of faith the the mystery of the incarnation the the power of forgiveness and mercy and the way that heaven and the house to the Father has been reopened. The veil in the temple has been torn, if you will, and the way home has been made possible through the man, Jesus Christ. We propose that. Of course, we're not going to tie students to a chair and you know keep them there until they agree. So how do we propose it? I had this conversation with Karen yesterday. You know, the biggest challenge we face in Catholic education has nothing to do with curriculum. Uh, Well, that's a big statement. Nothing to do. Curriculum is important, right? Because a, a good curriculum builds on the truth of the human person, an integrated view of what the human person is. So I'll walk that, uh, that, um, iconoclastic statement back a little bit but what i will say is that you can have the greatest curriculum on the planet but if your teachers are not people of faith if they're not evangelists if they're not missionaries then it's going to be very difficult to propose christ in a compelling way to young people now that offends a few people friends well then hit that big unsubscribe button because this is the truth it doesn't matter necessarily how great our curriculum is what matters is as whether we as educators know jesus christ and seek to do the will of the father in our lives and if we haven't experienced his grace and mercy and love and the sacramental power of our catholic faith in our own lives then it's very difficult to want to tell that to someone else so what's the outworking of all this well as this quote says when a society dethrones god as our highly technocratic culture has especially in the secular west well there's no vacuum right there's no it's not as if we just wander on as though you know God's gone, as Nietzsche famously said, God is dead and we have killed him. It's not as if nothing happens, right? Because of that great saying, nature abhors a vacuum. Something fills the place. And what Professor Pakaluk is saying here is that what tends to fill that place is a multitude of gods. So we're kind of reverting culturally to kind of neo-paganism 
in what sense? Well, you know, if you've been paying attention, there's a fair bit of earth worship going on, friends. Um, there's a there's a fair bit of stuff filling the space, and it can be all sorts of socio-political causes. You can see the massive polarization politically in the world, uh, again, in the secular West at the moment. You can see people putting pleasure, distraction, entertainment, uh, media, any number of things are being elevated in people's lives to the place of some kind of deity. Now, no one will ever admit this, of course. No one's going to put their hand up and say, you know what? I am a neo-pagan. I worship my iPhone. I, I, I worship, uh, you know, reading polemical news websites. That is my God. No one says it. But it's a creeping thing, right? We, we will put something in that place. We'll put food. We'll put a person. We'll put finances we'll put promotion we will put uh, success and approval we're gonna stick something somewhere right it's just in our nature to do it and you might be listening to this thinking well i'd never do that jonathan well <laughs> you know, congratulations friends you've kind of reached enlightenment because the rest of us are doing it and uh we all have to watch it in ourselves and i have to watch it in myself so the next part of this of course is he says that when we place the god of our autonomous self on the throne of the universe we get to define the mystery of the universe this is something pope benedict was very big on pope benedict said that you know that really if if you remove god from the equation you you're better off just pretending he still exists because you know we're going to just reshape reality, and if we're going to do it, we we really want to be doing it on some good principles. The other thing that Benedict said that's really important here is that if we dethrone God, then we lose the sense of nature, of the cosmos, of reality itself as a gift, as something given to us by the Creator with parameters, with objective boundaries and realities, and then, of course, we redefine it. So a lot of what we're seeing in our political discourse around the around the globe really is multiple groups defining truth and defining reality. And I've often talked about Tom Holland's crucial book, Dominion, this massive magnum opus, this scholarly work on the impact of Christianity. Uh, in you know right throughout history and he said that really the great thing that Christianity achieved was this unifying principle was that it unified diverse peoples under one great sort of philosophical anthropology if you will a kind of sense of what it meant to be human and a sense of where we fitted in the cosmos and the boundaries of that and that was the genius of Christianity in in sort of the stability and the uh, prosperity and the relative peace that it brought so friends, these are great themes and I want to bring it back to the reality of your work because each day you're really probably the main touch point for a generation of young people around these great themes of reality. And if we withdraw from that space, then you're very well aware that that space is going to be filled by something. It'll be filled by TikTok, it'll be filled by Instagram, it'll be filled by all different sorts of things that are going to take their attention you know, my daughter was reading to me an email she got yesterday. She's uh, in junior high school. And, uh, you know, it was from um, somebody, a senior leader at the school, who was uh, was advertising a project to uh, rescue a rare animal. Now, that's a good thing, right? It's a, no problem with that. But the language was highly religious. It was extraordinary to listen to her read it out. It was a deeply evangelistic, missionary-focused sense of 
uh, how we would relate to this animal and why it was crucial and why it was the most important thing in reality. Now, please, I'm not being cynical. I'm not criticizing. It's crucial that we we take great care of the environment. It's an, it's a it's a very you know it's fine. But I was interested in the quasi-religious overtones of it. That you could already see that something, you know, this quest for meaning, for purpose, for doing something good, was infiltrating. I guess this young person's vision of reality in a way that faith might once have done. So I'm trying to be balanced here because I don't want any of you sending me angry emails. But I, I'm not saying these things aren't important. I'm saying. You can see that transference, and some of you will look around your schools and you can nod as you listen to me right now because you see it all the time. And there's a place for all these things, but they come in a hierarchy of realities. And the first reality is uh, adoption of sons and daughters of God and God's right to define reality and the universe, and then our, our invitation to cooperate with him in what he's doing. So there's a lot in that, huh? I've said a lot today, um, probably because I've just done a training ride and had a coffee, so I'm feeling pretty excited. But uh, God bless you. You know, I really believe as I speak into the studio every day in the mic here that you really are doing something special because your courageous decision to speak the truth to young people each day and to model and witness the love of Christ is just so culturally important right now. Be brave because you really are doing something countercultural to stand in the gap between a highly secularized technocratic culture and the uh, the mystery of the gospel is a challenging thing to do at this moment in history. So don't burn yourself out. Rely on the graces of the Holy Spirit. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So uh, as my you know, as I always say, Bishop Peter in Idaho taught me um, don't make Jesus unemployed, okay? Don't make Jesus unemployed. If you're listening to me thinking, wow, Jonathan, you're right, the world's burning to the ground. And it's up to me. Well, yes, it is. Paradoxically, yes, it is up to you, but it's not just up to you. It's up to the Holy Spirit working through you and working through your colleagues. All right, got to stop. I'm going to go forever today. God bless you. My name's Jonathan Doyle. Please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Hit that big subscribe button wherever you're listening in. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, come across to the website, onecatholicteacher.com. A whole bunch of great stuff there. Send me an email if you need to, jonathan at jonathandoyle.co. Send this to a few friends. Let's get this growing. But thanks again for what you're doing every day. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. We'll have another message for you tomorrow.